Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guests tonight are Carl Fortuna, who's the first selectman in the town of Old Saybrook, and Jan Ferruccio, who's the superintendent of schools for the town of Old Saybrook. Guys, welcome. How are you? Jan, you're, I think you're muted, Jan. Uh, I am, but I'm still great. Thank you for yeah, asking. Uh, I'm, good. I'm good, Pete. And uh, good, those are the... That, that is the Zoom world we live in. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jan, what's going on with the school systems in the town of Old Saybrook lately? Well, uh, as I say, all my answers begin with at the moment because okay. uh, we're constantly changing. You know, we, um, we opened in hybrid back at the beginning of the academic year and, and then opened in full on October 5th. And we've stayed in full ever since then. Uh, we've been pretty fortunate um, that very few of the individuals involved in our school have been uh, have had COVID, um, and then those who have had, we've had no transmission in our schools or no evidence of transmission in our schools. So we've been able to stay open. Um, we've had um, had to send a few cohorts home, so we're cohorting our students uh, in all of our schools, keeping them in smaller groups. Uh, making sure we know where everybody is and tracking attendance in rooms and at lunch so that we know who may or may not have been a close contact of someone should someone come up positive for COVID. Um, right. But we have been in and uh, we have been able to stay open with the exception of the high school had to close a few days because of staffing issues and the middle school had to close um, similar, similar situation, just too many students and too many teachers and staff potentially involved. Uh, in a situation. But as I've said, the, the precautionary measures, the mitigating we've done has really made a difference uh, and has allowed us to stay open. We issued um, surgical masks to everybody. So okay. we don't have to fight about what kind of mask someone is wearing. Uh, you can get a new mask and everybody is wearing the same and we have a certain quality control. And I think that that matters. Uh, and our teachers and other staff are doing a great job making sure students are washing their hands or using hand sanitizers uh, and socially distancing as much as possible. Pete, Pete, so, I thought, I thought it was very important to open uh, your program today talking about the schools because that is pretty much primary to our communities, all our communities, uh, that these uh, our kids stay in school uh, as long right. as they can, hopefully all year long. Um, but uh, inevitably we're running into difficulties. One of the difficulties, and I can turn it over to Jan and let her uh, talk about it a little bit, but one of the difficulties is when other schools start closing uh, and those children have to be home, well, that teacher may teach in Old Saybrook, but live in Waterford or, or Westbrook right. or something. So now that teacher has to go home. And what it's doing is creating staffing issues. And Peter, you know, from the uh, governor's um, office, you know, originally they did close schools back in March, right. but they are encouraging schools to stay open now because schools uh, over and over again, and there's, there was a recent article in the New York Times today talking about how schools are actually safer than pretty much, you know, anywhere else. The schools are cleaner uh, and they, they're, the children and the young students are being monitored uh, to keep their masks on, stay socially distant, uh, wash their hands. It's a much better environment uh, than they could be in. And we all want our kids to be in school, 
for social purposes. That's you know, absolutely social learning purposes. But Jen, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the staffing issues you've had. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've had staffing issues primarily for for three different reasons. You know, we have some staff who are you know more vulnerable, more susceptible, and so um, we have staff who either have to take FML or um, ADA time. You know, they have under American Disabilities, they have uh, you know illnesses, underlying illnesses that have to be tended to, and they're unable to come to work. And so some of those folks are working remotely and continuing to provide services. And in many cases, that has turned out to work out very well. Um, we, as Carl said, we have staff who have children in other school districts. And when those school districts close or move to an alternating day schedule, uh, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of a hybrid schedule, then those folks often don't have anyone to watch their young children. Uh, and they're eligible for a federal leave, EPSILA leave at that point too. And then thirdly, um, we lose staff to quarantining. So we try to be very conservative. And if we have um, a potential exposure, um, we, we look for the maximum number of people who could have been considered close contacts. And that's defined by within six feet for 15 minutes or more over a 24 hour period of time, cumulative. And, and we send those folks home to quarantine either until the primary person gets a negative test result, they were never sick with COVID in the first place or until 14 days has passed. And 14 days is a very long time to have yes. you know, a number of staff members out of the building. Um, those yeah. have been significant issues for us. And uh, some of us have learned how to be a secretary. Um, <laughs> I, went, I went back to being an administrator. I did the mail at the high school the other day and I even taught a music class. And uh, my favorite part of that, I have to tell a funny story, is when I told the kids, let's pick it up from D. And one of them said, we never made it to D. <laughs> wow. I said, well, I did. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, what, what, what are you teaching in, in music? I didn't know you were musical. Well, I'm not terribly musical, but I can read music because I was able to get it going. It was actually a um, uh, percussion class, so it was pretty, it was pretty uh, straightforward stuff. But we've had, we've had those issues. Um, and, you know, but I do have to say, I know this isn't really on the topic of staffing, but we've also been very fortunate that, you know, we had some additional uh, positive cases just at the end of this last week and over the weekend. But every mm -hmm. single one of those cases, parents had kept their children home because someone else in the family was symptomatic. And so by keeping right. their children home, they saved us from having to send groups of students and teachers home. So with the community support, We've been able to, you know, get through some rough patches. Um, people are being, I think for the most part, people are being really responsible. On all of our parent calls, we talk all the time about please wear your masks, you know, please socially distance, um, you know, don't put yourself in dangerous situations, keep our schools open if you can. And I have to say that I think that many community members have risen to the challenge. It's been very successful in that regard. And Carl's right, the Department of Public Health and the State Department of Education continuously say schools are safer than almost everywhere else. As a matter of fact, on the, I think it's the Department of Public Health's website, there's some research that shows that the hybrid situation is actually the most dangerous for students catching COVID. Uh, all students on all remote or students who are in school all day, every day, and you can understand why they would be getting some supervision um, they tend to be getting it at a much lower rate than um, students who are in a hybrid setting. 
That's very interesting too, and informative about decisions we might make moving forward. And, and Pete, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, you know, one thing the governor's office did, and I think you recall this uh, about a month ago, six weeks ago, they did this red, orange, and yellow alert system. Yes. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons for that red, yellow, uh, orange, and yellow alert system was to allow the municipal CEO to determine whether his community, his or her community, should revert back to phase two uh, for dining, for uh, capacity of hair salons and, and gyms. Um, and uh, he gave that to be, he, he allowed that to be a municipal option. Well, none of, very few of the towns took that municipal option when their cases got uh, above a certain point and they entered into the red alert. So the governor himself said, okay, since the municipalities are not doing it and COVID-19 is spreading, I'm gonna put the whole entire state in, uh, in phase two. And he took away the municipal option. So that red, orange, and yellow alert system, in my opinion, has become somewhat, well, I think it is irrelevant for the most, it is irrelevant. But the problem I'm hearing is that people in our communities are reacting to it. So they see Old Saybrook in the red, and they say, oh my God, it's bad. I need to keep my kid home. Or, uh, and, and it's harder for the um, Superintendent Peruccio, that it's, it's harder for her and her staff to have half the kids at home saying, my mom doesn't want me to go to school or my mom and dad don't want me to go to school because they think it's dangerous because we're in a red alert town. Um, and you know, we want as many of the kids in school as possible. It allows for a smoother functioning school. Um, mm -hmm. But I know, I happen to know, um, there's a town on the shoreline that was recently placed into red alert. And then I heard the municipal CEO say, as a result of that, we've closed our schools. One has nothing to do with the other. Right. It's, a, wow. it's a bad choice. Uh, being a red town, because they might be orange next week. And what do they do? Right. Not open their schools? and then close them the following week if they go back to red, doesn't make sense. Uh, the red, orange, yellow system, the primary um, uh, tool in that toolbox was to allow the municipal CEO to take the restaurants and other uh, consumer facilities from 75% capacity to 50% capacity. And now that the governor's done that, we should really do away with this color-coded system because I think it's causing more confusion than clarity. Hey, Carl, I got to ask you, what's the, what's going on with the town of Saybrook? How are they handling what's going on with ev with everything like recently? Because I know you and I haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, what uh, we're we're meeting as a team, uh, the superintendent okay. and I, and uh, we have a public safety leadership team. We talk at least every other Wednesday or every Wednesday rather, uh, and frequently more often than that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing fine in town hall. We're wide open. We've been wide open since June, uh, necessary precautions all over town in town hall in the library. Um, you know, when people are, um, come into contact with someone who had COVID, uh, my public works director, for instance, had to be out for 14 days recently because he came into contact with someone who had COVID and, okay. I, you know, Jan, you may know it better than I do. I don't even know how that works. Like if I come into contact with someone, does it have to be more than 15 minutes? 
I, I'm not even sure what it is that makes you have to quarantine for 14 days, but um, we're, we're losing people um, here and there, but overall it's been okay. Um, the, one, the one thing we're worried about, Pete, mm -hmm. is if it's the middle of the winter, we get a snowstorm and I got eight guys on the public works crew out with COVID. Yeah, so, then what? Um, that is the type of thing that towns are starting to plan for. We had a, a phone call uh, last Friday morning with the Council of Governments, all 17 towns were on the call talking about this. So we're gonna to talk to the state about what they'd like to see us do, um, but the towns themselves may take the initiative on their own to protect ourselves because we have to be very careful about getting the roads open. Um, and not only for the schools, because the schools may be closed in a situation like that, but for public safety. Uh, you know, if there's a fire, if someone's having a heart attack, we need to be able to get emergency crews to those folks. So uh, that is um, something that is a concern right now. It's kind of on the back burner, but it's swiftly coming to the front burner. Um, okay. Yeah, do you have another meeting? Did you wanna, um, you know, I don't know if you if you had more to say about uh, schools or? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, the schools, it, it's like, uh, it's like the first Lightman just said, it, it's just, it's a question of balancing act. Do you have enough staff to do the supervision, to teach classes, to make sure that kids are safe and learning. Uh, if you have that, and if the numbers look right, then it's best to be open, I agree. Um, you know, so I just sort of would leave with that thought. And the best way for us to stay open is for the community to continue to do its part and, and keep us all healthy and safe. And so we're really appreciative of that. And, and you know, the social costs of not being in school are significant. Uh, you know, are they? They're meant to socialize. They're meant to be in school. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely other kids talking with other kids and it is predominantly when they are sent home it is predominantly mothers I mean statistically who are staying home with those children and more mothers are being pulled out of the workforce that was an article that I read today more mothers are being pulled out of the workforce as a result of that so uh, the social cost is not just with the child it's with the family um, isolation uh, so um, it's really important, and that's why we're on the show. One of the reasons we're on the show today is to hammer oh, home. I thought you just wanted to hang out with Pete Mazzetti for a half hour. Of course, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. But to hammer that home to your your <laughs> audience, uh, how important this is. So, I'll go ahead and leave you guys, and thank you for for my time on your show, Pete. And yeah, uh, no problem, Jen. Seeing you again. Thanks so much. No problem, Jen. Have a good night. Good night. All right, Carl. So, what else are we gonna? What else, what else we want to talk about? So um, there are some, you know, permanent changes uh, in town uh, as a result of, I'm going to get off the, co I'll try to get off the COVID-19 very shortly. Uh, and Pete, please let me know how much time we have, but. Um, we got about 10 minutes. Okay. You know, uh, all our town meetings, just like your show. Uh, and I don't know how long you've been doing your show by Zoom. I know you were briefly in the studio. Um so are you now all Zoom for your shows? I am Zoom for a while. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Zoom for a while. It's such a beautiful studio, that's unfortunate. It is, I know. But uh, in Town Hall, we're open, but our, our meetings, like Board of Finance, I have um, you know, every other Tuesday, those Board of Finance meetings are now uh, only by Zoom. And I think you lose a little bit of something uh, when you're just doing Zoom, but they will continue to be by Zoom until we're out of this pandemic. Um, 
I don't know if I've ever talked to you about how we might collect taxes a little differently. No, um, let's talk about that. Well, just very briefly. Um, so right now people mail their tax, if they get a tax bill, they mail it to the town hall or they can come in and pay it in person. We're going, we're going to, um, through the bank that we are using, we're gonna use a service called Lockbox. And what that is, is um, it's Webster Bank. That's who we bank with. Uh, sure. Their home office, I think their home office is in New Britain. I want to say that. I My, think so. Um, and when you get your tax bill in the mail next year, it's going to say, mm -hmm. please pay to the town of Old Saybrook. And it'll give a Waterbury or New Britain, wherever it is, uh, a New Britain address. So you'll be mailing right. your tax check uh, to Webster Bank in New Britain. And then they put it through a giant counting machine, obviously. And they, oh, cool. the whole point of that, the whole point is to keep people out of town hall right. and have them interact with our tax collector and perhaps spread COVID-19 or the right. flu or anything like that. In addition to that, obviously I'm doing a lot less travel. Uh, I had a, a meeting today that I would normally attend in person. You know, I'm not traveling to Hartford to go to any meetings. Tomorrow I have a no. CC. CCM meeting, which I used to enjoy tremendously going up to CCM. And Pete, you've had many of the local leaders uh, on and they are frequently mm -hmm. there. So it's, you know, it's usually great to go up and, and have a coffee with someone and talk to them. And you, know, you, you lose that contact. Um, you and I have met at Ashlawn Coffee uh, Bar right. here in, in Old Saybrook a few times and you know as long as the weather's nice it's great but you know that personal contact with people and and that's going to go away over the course of the winter um which is a shame um absolutely and uh i don't know i can i'd like to give you an update on our old saber cares remember you had yes Mark please so um i think last we talked old saber cares had uh basically raised um last we talked about sixty thousand dollars we are yeah. up at the, we are up at the hundred thousand dollar mark, and for those yeah for those uh, viewers who are not familiar with Old Saber Cares, mm -hmm. it is a nonprofit that we have um, developed through the town of Old Saber, whereby you can donate, and those funds one hundred percent of those funds will go to people who have been affected by COVID nineteen. These are not people who have. Um, been to social services before. So in other words, if you are a person who works in a restaurant and you've been working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week for the last five years, and all of a sudden you're working half your shifts, it's for that person. And um, we, are, we are being quite rigorous in um, making sure that the 1500 up to $1,500 goes only to people who have been affected by COVID-19 and not to others in our community who may usually go to social services for um, needs. So uh, that has been a very successful program, Pete. We're over, we're about at $100,000 and we continue to raise money. So I would, um, any old say Brookians who are watching your show, uh, I'd love for them to donate or if anybody outside, uh, I know your, your show, maybe we're talking to someone in Australia right now, right Pete? Who knows? Exactly, maybe it could be. Maybe they would like to um donate absolutely uh, absolutely we did have a uh a change in personnel recently um okay 
our longtime treasurer, Bob Fish. Did you, did you ever yeah. know Bob? Oh, yeah. Yeah, our longtime treasurer, Bob Fish, uh, recently had to um, resign uh, oh, no. to health issues. And, okay. uh, you know, Bob has been a remarkable, uh, iconic figure in the town of Old Saybrook. He's been involved. Oh, absolutely. He, he's been, now you think I'm old, right? Bob's been involved involved in, in town government longer than I've been alive. So I'm, okay. years, I'm 57 years old. He's, he has been involved in town government uh, for 58 years. Um, okay. Remarkable. And the last, 20, the last 20 years, he's been um, the town treasurer. He's been elected, usually unopposed for the last 10 yep. terms. He was first selectman in town. He was chairman of the Board of Finance, chairman of the Board of Education. Um, so um, I know you wish Bob well, and I know all your oh, viewers absolutely. well. Um, wonderful guy. Um, we, um, you want to, I don't know if you've uh, Keep going. talk about the elections. Yo, yeah, 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 that's right. I haven't seen you since. So here's an interesting, I'm not going to talk about politics in the elections. I'm going to talk about numbers. Okay. In the town of Old Saybrook in 2020, mm -hmm. do you have any idea what the participation rate is? Was any, no idea. Okay, 80 percent. It was so. At the end of the day, with regard to uh, voting compared yeah. uh, 2020 to 2016, we okay. Old, Old Saybrook registered a thousand additional voters in those four years. Oh my goodness. Which is staggering. I mean, that's ten percent increase in a town of ten thousand, and right. you know, I I was just a little bit surprised at those numbers. Um, obviously, people felt very strongly about this election, one way or another, uh, yeah. whether you know presidential, mostly presidential. I think that's what drove it. Um, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so our local representation stayed the same. Uh, Norm Needleman. Uh, representing uh, part of Old Saybrook, Senator Paul Formica representing part of Old Saybrook, Devin Carney representing uh, as our state representative. They all won. And by the way, we have excellent representation in Hartford with those. Absolutely. Um, I know all three personally. They, they, I think they do a good job. I think their heart is in the right place. They may differ uh, slightly in their philosophies, but um, right. I think overall we have a very uh, sensible group of legislators up there. Um, and yeah, Pete, a couple, you know, just a couple other things where, you know, we sure. just we wrapped up a couple of union negotiations. Old, Old Saybrook has four unions in our town. We have police okay. dispatch. Um, then we have supervisors and a support union and um, our supervisors uh, agreement is all wrapped up. That's a three-year agreement uh, beginning uh, July 1 of this year. And uh, I am hopeful that we are close on our police negotiations. Okay. Um, we have a four-year contract uh, proposed to the police, and I'm hopeful that uh, that contract will be um, accepted uh, right. and, and move on a little bit. Uh, union negotiations are obviously a big part of our legal bill every year, so the sooner mm -hmm. we can wrap them up, obviously, the better. Um, exactly. And... Um, yeah, so uh, that's you know we, we it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough winter. Um, I yeah. think you can agree with that. 
Um, you're you're going to be doing Zoom shows, which is not what you want to do, obviously. Exactly. You want to be in studio. Right. Um, but it's going to be a tough winter. It's going to be, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the governor eventually, even, even though the governor is saying keep kids in school, I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually shuts down the schools if it gets real bad. Uh, our restaurants are already at 50% capacity. Um, you, yeah. you have to worry about restaurants going out of business small shops going out of business. Uh, it's going to be a tough winter. And I know there's good vaccine news, but um, the reality is the vaccine's not coming for six months um, right. in, in force to the point where it's going to really make a difference where you don't have to wear a mask when you go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks or Ashland. Um, right. I think it's going to be quite some time before that goes away, which is unfortunate. Absolutely. It's a tough way to tough way to exist right now, um, but I think my message is, you know, if you know someone who is feeling isolated or socially distant, visit them. Um, right. You know, because there's a lot of people who are alone right now because they're not socializing. So mm -hmm. I think we have to reach out to our neighbors um, right. and, and lend them a helping hand. Absolutely. And before we say goodnight, I have to let you know. You said you have a meeting at CCM with CCM tomorrow morning. Yes. You have yes, to say hello to my friend Joe DeLong for me. I will. I know Joe's been on your show. Uh, yeah, Joe's a great guy. Matter of fact, I emailed, got an email from Joe today. Okay. Is he going to be on your show soon? Uh, probably sooner than later. Okay, good. Pete, if, I don't see you, if I don't see you before Thanksgiving, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, Carl. You too, Carl. We'll talk, we'll talk soon. Okay, we will do that. All right. On behalf of Carl Fortuna, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next time.